0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead, brought to you by Whitehead Legal, the most exclusive firm in Australia for health practitioners. And today, what are we looking at today? Today, we are going to go through a really important topic for both practice owners who have an independent third-party landlord or old practice owners who purchase the their building and the land and have sold their practice but have maintained the, the land as an asset and are landlords. Today is going to really dive into the requirements on renewing the lease. Now this is somewhat overlooked in the in the, in the legal industry on requirements for actually renewing your lease. And there have been recent changes in the Retail Leases Act pertaining to required notification from a landlord to a tenant. So this is really relevant for, for ex-vendors who own the, own the land and the landlords, along with practice owners, who want to make sure that not only are they getting, receiving proper notice and, and a fair... Ability to renew and properly scrutinize renewal documentation. So let's dive into notice the strict requirements for uh, for the landlords to provide to tenants. In this case, we'll, we'll try and merge it rather than separate it as a landlord and a practice owner. It'll just be landlords and the tenants. Practice owners are tenants, usually. <laughs> so... We'll look really into the Retail Leases Act because that governs all in regarding to commercial tenancies. So Section 28. Now, the new the obligations to notify, and this is the first step. We get real cowboy agents throwing out notices the day before the actual end of the term, and end of the, the five-year uh, term, saying you must sign this, you must sign this renewal or you're out. Now, those antics are not, contrary to, contrary to the Retail License Act, proper notice, and as landlords who have engaged these, these agents, most of them are right, <laughs> some are not providing proper notice and are uh, risking landlords who are there, meant to be their clients looking after their best interests, risking the landlord's Uh, uh, tenure and offered tenure and really possibly they could leave open to penalties for the landlords so what is notice what is notice what does the landlord have to give the tenant or does the tenant have to do anything to the landlord well effective 2020 there is an obligation to notify from the landlord to the tenant it's a must the word must there's no ambiguity here there is a strict protocol under the Retail Leases Act and it must be followed. So what, what is notice? What is deemed notice under Section 28 of the Retail Leases Act? Well, let's have a look. Landlord must notify the tenant in writing no later than three months before the date that the option is no longer valid. So... Th- that date is the date whereby the, there are three months remaining on the lease term. So you have between the period of six months to three months prior to the end of that term, there must be notice by the landlord to the tenant within that period. Including in, in, Included in that notice, there must be the date by which the option to renew the lease can be exercised. So that's during that period, that's, that's th- six to three-month period prior to the end of the, of the term. The rent, important, this is the rent payable for the first 12 months of the renewed lease. Now, th- that might seem uh, incredible because... If you are providing notice as, on the first day of the notice period as a landlord, then you have to provide the, t- the rent in anticipation of the first of the term, which is six months away. Well, there's a lock a lot can happen in six months. Now I'm not going to go into the um, the actual. Uh, it, it, I'm not going to actually scrutinise uh, the credibility of of that item, but it's it, it's there. It's been it's it's been passed. We have to abide by it. So there's no contrary opinions here. Within the, the six to three months, that rent has to be proffered. And then it also has to be in writing as part of that notice, not only the rent, but the availability of an early rent review and the availability of a cooling off period. This is all in writing. And any changes to the most recent disclosure statement, so this is particularly on the, I'll just guess, back to the start, I'll encapsulate this for all our Australia-wide listeners. This is specific to Victoria, this episode. So any change, back to what's required in that notice, any changes to the most recent disclosure statement provided to the tenant, and any changes in relation to rent. So if if the landlord doesn't give notice or notify the tenant of all that information, the, the dates of renewal, the rent payable, availability of an early review, availability of a calling-off period, and a disclosure statement saying whether or not there's any changes, a signed disclosure statement saying there's any, any changes. Well, notice hasn't been deemed. So... Provided that notice is properly given, the date by which that, that notice is given, three months period starts. So if you give it, <laughs> this is another chestnut, you give it the day before the, the, so the six to three month period before the end of the lease. If you give it the day before the end of the three month period, then technically there needs to be another three months plus another three months. Because it needs to be six months, minimum six months. A few things need a little look through here. The notice provisions are uh, there is ambiguity, but they have to be followed. What I like to see, though, is landlords not being notified nine, 12 months in advance that they have to follow this process. And we, you know, usually within the, within nine months, Start the ball, start to get the ball rolling with our landlord clients or IX vendor clients who have sold off but retained their assets, their freehold assets. And really, it's the rents getting that, getting a market appraisal. If the if the uh, if the next term has a market review, if it's just an increase by increase by percentage, that's pretty easy to put in. But yeah, but that, we we need to figure that out with time. If there is a market review, it could take a couple of weeks to get that market review. It's getting that ready in advance for day one when the six month starts, you can follow the protocol and you won't mess with the commencement dates for the new lease. Now tell me, if there's a demolition clause or, yeah, let's say, let's say if there's a demolition clause, you're a landlord, you've got a demolition clause in your, in your, in your lease. Everyone's happy with it. Everyone's aware of it. That's, it's fine. But if you don't follow these proper protocols and you give a flimsy notice... By, or your agent gives a flimsy notice, and you've got a wise tenant who knows that the proper notice needs to be given, and that tenant doesn't necessarily want to be uh, uh, notified that of a demolition. Well, what could happen? What could happen in that scenario if the tenant isn't is, doesn't doesn't accept that flimsy notice? They probably don't have to because it doesn't comply with. The Retail Leases Act provisions. If the if the agent just pushes out a notice saying you got you got to review, you got to let us know that you go uh, of your intentions, rather than follow section twenty eight, then you can sit back, sit back and 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 wait for proper proper notice. If proper notice doesn't come for enough, for a year, or there's deemed holding over, well, who's deeming that? is the is the agent deeming holding over is the landlord deeming holding over is the landlord's lawyer deeming holding over that the tenant is holding over it's a very good question because if the tenant doesn't doesn't respond to a a notice that's contrary to section 28 of the retail leases act then I'd say that, the, that, look, there should be some, some communication. I wouldn't recommend they just don't do anything at all. But I'd say, look, this doesn't follow Section 28 of the Retail Leases Act. Provide me proper notice and I'll provide you proper feedback as to whether or not I will be renewing. Don't have someone provide a notice that is against the law on your behalf. Make sure that your, your agents and your lawyers Make them accountable to what they're actually sending out to practice owner tenants because we're seeing seeing a lot of slapdash uh, notices from agents and from lawyers. I'm surprised by lawyers because these new new provisions have, the Law Institute has slammed these uh, uh, emails at and, and notifications to all lawyers that this is what has to be happening. We need, as a, a, a legal fraternity, we need to, to to make sure that our clients, our landlord clients, follow these protocols. Well, there can be disastrous results. Back to that demolition, that demolition example. If if you're if, if you're acting for a, a the landlord who is seeking to de, um, seeking demolition, say a year after the the renewal, the the first the the, the option to renew triggers so it would essentially give the, the tenant a year and, you've, and you as your client who's seeking the landlord who's seeking to demolish and they have lined everything up with that date they've lined up all of their the planning approval the demolition approval everything's in place for that date but you've got a wise tenant who's calling on a proper section 28 notification and you have an agent who's not giving it properly and you have a landlord's lawyer who is not necessarily au fait with these revised Retail Leasing, leasing Act provisions, those dates technically could be pushed out and impeded on that demolition. And no one wants, to be, no one wants that. If there's a great dem, demolition clause, then the landlord can rightfully go ahead with it. And this is just an example. I'm not meant to spare. freak out all the tenants I don't necessarily like, (laughs) when I'm looking after tenants, I don't necessarily like demolition clauses in there for obvious reasons. And if they are in there, they should be reasonable compensation for tenants. But that's another, that's a whole, whole other episode. (laughs) But in this circumstance, it's about timelines and proper notification. What about if you get the notice, you're a practice owner tenant, Get a notice the day before your uh, your notice provision ends, and you've got a mini, little implied threat there. You don't really know what to do. You don't you want to necessarily speak to your accountant or your lawyer. It's, you can speak to the small the Victorian Small Business Commission. There's some good information on that on that on their website that can guide you through. And look, I do recommend you speak to your lawyer. Of course, they should be able to guide you through. We can come to us. We'll help you out with that. Give you proper no, get a request proper notice. But, um, yeah, look, the Victorian Small Business Commission does help out a, a lot. Now, let's go on to why, well, back to the landlord's element, service, service of that notice. Now, there's, there is, unfortunately, ambiguity again. What is service? What is service of the notice? How can a landlord protect themselves if they've just shot out an email when the lease says, well, we don't accept emails as service. Again, slack, uh, slack perusal from usually from landlords, agents, or lawyers not looking at proper protocol under their lease. Every lease is different. Make sure you check the notice provisions. Any landlord serving a section 28 notice needs to take the time really to hand deliver the notice to be sure that it has been received I mean you can confirm receipt by email if the lease allows it you can confirm receipt via uh, uh, an exchanged letter email is obviously a lot quicker um, but again don't want any ambiguity there um, particularly it's problematic if the tenant our uh, tenant fails or refuses to send an acknowledgement because comprehensive records, including tracking numbers if you're sending it by post, like they really should be kept just 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 in case <laughs> um, now next steps what are the next steps? Well if you've got a lease that's coming up just call us we'll take you through the proper protocol make sure you haven't slipped over any of those dates and haven't you Uninten- have, haven't unintentionally extended your, 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 your tenant's lease by the amount of period that you've missed. So call us, like, share, and subscribe. I am Julian Whitehead. Remember, y'all, this is legal information, not advice. So call me, Julian Whitehead, Whitehead Legal. I, in our health department... Exclusively advise health professionals throughout Australia. I remember you all, this is just for Victoria today. New South Welsh people, men or women, don't necessarily need to listen to this episode because notice provisions are a lot different up where we are. So this is just for Victoria. There's proper scrutiny down, actually proper scrutiny on notice provisions down there. So whether you like it or not. Um, My contact details will be in the description. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Health Podcast with Julian Whitehead.